Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. And we are live this time, live streaming actually on YouTube on the new Two Spot Monkeys channel. Uh, we didn't tell anybody that we're live streaming, so we fully expect nobody would be watching this live. Um, but it's something we're testing out that A, um, fun to have it live, and B, it should be immediately available then on YouTube, uh, which will be nice. Uh, we'll get it on the podcast platforms as quick as we can afterwards then as well. Uh, but testing it out for future, maybe Tom and I will do some sort of a live uh, three top or three things, three takeaways, you know, uh, after a pay-per-view or something. There's there's options we're just playing with at this point. So um, our first one, live broadcasting. But again, it's just us this morning, Tom. Uh, so, Tom, how you doing? Good. Busy. Busy in real life. Uh, so glad to take a minute to pause and uh, chat, chat some wrestling up. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. Uh, today, mostly, we've got our head-to-head, -head, um, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute with uh, NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam coming this weekend. Uh, but we did just want to take a quick moment and touch on WWE made an announcement uh, about a week ago, I guess, um, or over the weekend maybe it was, that they are going to return to live broadcasts, not taped broadcasts, uh, beginning with this evening's SmackDown. Uh, we're recording this on Friday. And uh, they have taken up residency in Orlando's uh, Amway Arena, I believe it is. And they're building the Thunderdome, WWE Thunderdome. Um, it's amazing how many Mad Max references happen in pro wrestling. But um, the Thunder Thunderdome. And uh, Tom, I got a couple of pictures here. Um, Tom, I know you were registered to potentially take part in the, um, the dry run last night, I guess, for lack of a better word. But, but weren't able to make it. Um, but there are pictures, obviously, that have been on, released online, and uh, just throw them up for those on our YouTube channel. For those listening on a podcast, there is a picture. Um, this one, let me get rid of the banner um, just to see better. This is kind of a, a drone shot, I think, or a wide shot. Uh, I think that kind of looks cool from the wide shot, Tom. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's bright. It's bright. That It makes me interested to see how it's going to come across on TV. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's different look than the PC. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely different. And then, uh, there is a, a closer shot during a match between Tootie Miles and Jake Atlas. Um, you know, you've got some blank screens there and they were testing a lot of things I know last night. Um, so I don't, don't expect that, uh, everything was worked out last night and I don't expect everything will be worked out tonight either. I'm sure there'll be some, some snags. Ryan Satin's picture down in the lower left corner for those watching on YouTube. Uh, Ryan is not a live guest on our show right now. That's um, just taken from his Twitter. So uh, it did sound. I read something online that the crowd noise was just piped in crowd noise. It wasn't the live from the people on the screens. I think that's probably better. Um, I don't know how live audio from you know a thousand different cameras would sound. That might be awful. Or or even even the editing of it or uh, keeping it. Uh... PG, if you will. That was my other thought, was that, yeah, you absolutely could run into some, and, and they, even with the screens, I mean, let's be honest, there could be some person who decides they uh, they want to be a star for the night and, and hold up a sign that says something stupid or um, whatever. Um, I do see one t-shirt there that I think is a Maverick 24-7 shirt, um, which is pretty fun. They did, I know they encouraged WWE wear, so It'll be interesting. You know what? I got to give them credit. They're trying something. Um, they're trying something. 
that's all I, all you can say about it. Uh, I think it'll be different, certainly, than the PC, and hopefully better. Um, the PC hasn't been terrible once they've added uh, the recruits, but um, I think seeing live reaction from people that aren't being told how to react, let's be honest, the crowd at the PC is told what they need to do, um, who to cheer, who to boo, that sort of thing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I like that uh, beyond the Thunderdome and however that's going to shake out. I think the use of a larger venue opens up the opportunities too. Um, I think we've seen the same spaces and spots backstage at the PC in the last four or five months. Um, so, you know, and when, if, if I see one more shot of someone walking down that area where kind of catering was, uh, where, where like the Randy Orton edge matchup or something, it kind of happened by the truck, um, you know, It'll be one time too soon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They they did get really comfortable with the same shots. Uh, you know, every week somebody was going to get thrown into the plexiglass. At least one somebody, probably three or four somebody's. Um, they got a little. So I agree. It'll open up some new things. Um, maybe somebody. Will, maybe they'll brawl into the crowd and throw somebody into an LED screen. That would be interesting to see them do uh, at some point. I, you know what? Like I said, they're trying something. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting, I think, uh, this weekend to um, kind of compare and contrast NXT TakeOver, which is still taking place at full sale with what I believe will be just recruits in that uh, standing in the crowd as they have been uh, versus SmackDown and, and SummerSlam, which will be in the Thunderdome. Uh, so it'll be interesting next week when we come back uh, to kind of I, I think that will certainly be a takeaway for one or both of us, uh, regardless of what happens at TakeOver and Smack, uh, SummerSlam, um, is just how did how the Thunderdome work? How'd it go? Um, so we've got that. Uh, the main crux of today, though, is we are moving into our head-to-head -head competition. We have two shows coming up this weekend. And Tom, we uh, talked about this, and we decided that we needed to set some parameters on these pick'ems uh, that we're doing. And so Tom and I are both competitive people. We like competing we enjoy competing against each other um we did this head to head uh for a while when we had two spot monkeys as a blog and a podcast uh back a number of years ago um and i wiped the floor with tom a couple of times if i do say so myself so far since we've restarted this uh podcast and, and video cast uh the roles have definitely been reversed uh, our friend annette uh posted a picture of seth rollins wearing out dominic mysterio with the uh kendo stick and suggested that maybe tom was seth and i was dominic and, and that's kind of been how it's been folks um so what we decided is we're going to do it in six month increments and just to make it easier on ourselves uh, to remember when those six month increments are we're going to do july through december and then uh, so we're just going to kind of forget about uh june and we start this back in may i think um so it, we're going to forget about those shows we're going to start with extreme rules uh the the fun that that show was um and i think if i remember right tom uh i have you at five and two for extreme rules and i was four and three that is correct yeah i've got a, a nice little handy sticky note oh. right here with uh oh. with the tally i'm actually really disappointed that you didn't choose to grab that screen grab from that awesome meme that oh, i, I should have yes and but you know what next time it's all good I was going to say, if you slaughter me here with the next two shows, we'll definitely have to pull that. Um, and if it continues, we might have to pull like, you know, Jay Briscoe hanging from the ceiling with the age of the fall. But um, we'll see. We'll see if it gets that bad. <laughs> uh, 
so that's kind of our plan. And then the uh, the competition will end uh, with whatever the last pay-per-view in December is. Uh, and the, the winner will receive an action figure of their choice, since we both happen to like action figures, uh, purchased by the loser. Uh, probably mail uh, purchased online and, and sent, because, frankly, that's the easier way for either of us to find anything we want. Tom, any luck with AEW figures, by the way, since we talked about that last week? Actually, yes, but I was gonna I was gonna hold on to that one for a future conversation because I was so focused on these pickums. But yes, um, I'll just say yes, and then we'll get into that and with that story down the road. All right, sounds good. I uh, I have yet to find Cody. Um, I did pre-order on Ringside Brandy because I just don't want to fight with since she seems to be the one that's going to be kind of short packed. Um, I, I don't even want to try. <laughs> so I, I broke down and ordered her on ringside uh, for, I think, October. They're figuring because she's on back order. So anyways, more about that in a future episode of Two Spot Monkeys. Get you to come back um, and find out Tom's AEW figures story. Uh, I'm curious now if you got them all, but we'll save that for another time. Um, so had, had, Teaser. Uh, Teaser. <laughs> that's right. Teaser. That's right. We got to get people to come back one way or the other, right? <laughs> um, it's not for our dulcet tones, at least for the figure stories. Uh, so uh, we're going to start with NXT TakeOver 30. We've got five matches to pick. Um, and we start with the number one contenders tag triple threat match for the tag titles. Uh, the tag champs are nowhere to be seen on this TakeOver. But uh, on the kickoff show, uh, I think it's a half an hour kickoff show, if I remember seeing the time right on Wednesday. But um, Kickoff show is going to feature Legado del Fantasma of Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild versus Brizango of Fandango and Tyler Breeze uh, versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Uh, Tom, what are you what are you thinking about this match here? Yeah, pick is going to be the Brit and Brawlers for me. Uh, I think they make the most sense. Um, I, interesting that the, these were the three teams. Um, Legato, Del Fantasma, and Brizango definitely have an issue, but it seems like it's been very one-sided uh, as I've been watching NXT. I just don't understand why we're going with this and we're not getting uh, Santos Escobar versus Swerve Scott for the NXT Cruiserweight title. But I digress. That's not. That's maybe maybe it will happen. Maybe we'll be surprised come Saturday. Uh, but yeah, I think the Britain Brawlers make the most sense as um, the team to oppose Imperium um, from the teams on paper. You know, um, I thought about that as well, but they, then they've had a title shot. Um, they had, I think it was a title shot. I think they had the first title shot, um, or maybe it was a non-title match. Anyways, they've wrestled uh, Imperium here recently. Um, so that part, of, that made me lean away from it. Uh, the one that, if, if we play this, one of these is not like the others. Um, I really hope it's not Brizongo. I cannot get into that tag team for the life of me. Um, I'm trying. And they're both decent workers, and they're, you know... I don't know. It, they just don't click for me. Um, I do like at least that they, when they came out on Wednesday night for their six-man tag match, they came out more serious, um, which they should be because they're in the middle of a serious situation, you know, with Legado del Fantasma. Uh, so I appreciated that, well, yes, one time before they did mock them a little bit with the Lucha Masks, and I get that. That works too, especially for those characters. Um, I did like that part on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to go with Legato del Fantasma, though. I know that sets up a heel-heel match down the road um, between them and Imperium, but I just feel like they're really getting behind these three. Um, and, and I have a sneaky hunch. I would not be shocked um, to see Mendoza and Wild actually win the tag titles. Um, 
down the road here at some point. So uh, maybe I'm totally wrong on that, but that's going to be my pick. And we're already having opposite picks, which is great. That helps us in the competition if we don't just pick the same winners for every single match. Uh, Tom and I did talk briefly as we were getting ready here to go, and uh, both of us have agreed that there are some matches throughout this show that uh, we're still not sure how we're going to pick. Uh, this one, though, I was going to uh, Legato del Fantasma is going to be my pick there. Um, I think it'll be a good match. All six of those guys know what they're doing in the ring, certainly. Um, so I'm sure that'll be fun to watch. Um, I should be able to watch it live Saturday. That's currently my plan, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, next match coming up is the NXT women's title match. Io Shirai, the champion, defending versus Dakota Kai, who will have Raquel Gonzalez in her corner. Um, funny thing is, Tom, on this one, I was... Uh, I was watching NXT on Wednesday before Raquel came back out and was thinking, actually, watching it, huh, we haven't seen Raquel Gonzalez in a little while. I wonder why. Um, thought maybe she had perhaps been sick. You know, there's been reports of, certain, of people testing positive and that sort of thing. And maybe that was the case. Um, I, we don't know. And, and they, they won't release that. They shouldn't release that um, unless people release that on their own. But um, so it was interesting when she came back out, like, oh, well, there she is. Um, all that said, uh, I think Gonzalez will will add to the match in that it gives Shirai more to overcome um, in this match. But as much as I like Dakota Kai, I don't see her winning the title here. Uh, Shirai's ascent and reign has really, really just begun to me. Um, and I think there's a lot to do with that, with her as champion uh, moving forward. I think, I, frankly, I think she should have a good reign, good long reign um, atop the women's division. So I think this will be really good. I think Kai is great. Um, I'm really glad to see her getting a featured spot on a takedown, uh, take, take over, take down. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, I'm renaming shows. Take down in the Thunderdome. That's, this isn't even in the Thunderdome. So, uh, but uh, Io Shirai is going to be uh, my pick for the ladies. Yeah, uh, I, I, we have the same picks here. Shirai is my pick as well. I, I really enjoyed the build for Dakota Kai here. Uh, and actually, I think one of the, one of the greater things that NXT has done is I think there's stronger um, stronger heels, if you will, even though Io Shirai kind of shifted without kind of a formal shift from heel to babyface. Uh, and maybe, maybe maybe that's not the case. Maybe maybe she'll go back and forth. Who knows? Uh, but I feel like there's a deeper roster or pool of challengers that I would want to see go after her and have her overcome than there has been on the other two title approaches. Now, granted, we're going to talk about that in the SummerSlam preview too, and who knows how that shakes out. But uh, yeah, the build for Kai has been really strong, and it's interesting because it seemed just two months ago when they did the the takeover in June, um, they were kind of like sunsetting anything that they were going to do with with Dakota, in my opinion. So they brought her, they've definitely rebuilt her and brought her back around. And, and Raquel Gonzalez does add a lot uh, to the presentation. I'm just glad that Morrow didn't call her Big Mommy Cool on Wednesday, um, as opposed to like, you know, Big Daddy Cool uh, back in the day. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I hope, too, that EO continues to have a strong uh, consecutive reign. And I agree with you. It kind of seemed like they were phasing Dakota Kai out at one point. And I, and I thought maybe she was going to end up you know, heading to the main roster or something. Um, and I realize NXT is on USA, so it's it's a main roster too. But we all know what we mean when we say that. Um, but if she is, um, they've at least ramped her back up here, and I, I it kind of feels like maybe she's not. Um, we can, and sometime here in the future, I'm sure we'll be talking about um, potential members of Retribution, or maybe we'll find out some things this weekend too uh, about Retribution. 
we, we shall see. My uh, my brother and I were talking, I should say this total aside about retribution for a moment. Uh, we were chatting the other day and uh, I asked him if he was up to date and he said, yeah, and he's not loving the retribution thing, but he made the same comment I had that um, he's not sure who okayed their outfits when we also have ninjas running around in all black too. Uh, so yeah, great minds think alike, you know, we're twins. So maybe we have that power. <laughs> Anyways, off of that, um, onto something that's been built far better, I think, than Retribution. Uh, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. What you thinking here, Tom? Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. It's come together relatively quick. I know we talked a lot about it last week. Uh, I thought it it continued well um, for just an in-ring, like, non-physical standoff or, or a confrontation this past Wednesday. Uh, man, if you don't want to see Pat McAfee get his butt kicked, I don't know what world you're on uh, or what planet you're in. Uh, so with that in mind, um, my pick is Adam Cole, and I hope that's not just heart. I hope that's, that there's some head there, too. I, I don't know why you'd come and bring Pat McAfee in and put him over who are the person who is arguably the face of NXT, um, you know, for over the last, you know, 15 months or actually probably more than that. Uh, as Adam Cole is my pick, and I expect it to be a fun match, a lot of extracurricular. Uh, and uh, who knows what Pat McAfee is going to bring. So I think that's part of the novelty of the match too. Yeah, I, I we talked about this a little last week, like you said, and, and if you would have told me, and I know I said this last week, um, that I would be looking forward to this match when it kind of first broke, um, I would have said, no, nah, that's a waste. Um, and in fact, we have a friend, Greg, who, you know, isn't really feeling this necessarily and, um, he brought up that it, it feels more raw or SmackDown than NXT. And, and I think he has a point there. It definitely does feel a little bit more like something they would do on one of those shows versus what they normally pull um, together here in NXT. But I'm with you. I am really enjoying uh, Pat McAfee as a heel. Um, it, you know, I, I haven't heard anything that makes me think he's going to be in more full time as a worker. Um, you know, like Gronk was supposed to be originally, uh, before he went back to football. Um, so I, you know, I agree with you. I don't, unless McAfee was going to be sticking around for longer. Um, and if this was a takeover, if this happened in June and you had the takeover coming up before SummerSlam, maybe I could see that because you could build to a rematch. Um, perhaps, but, but, um, <laughs> That was awesome, Tom. Uh, I said tell you, that was that was great. Um, I won't ask which of your children that was, um, but uh, I agree. I don't see any way that uh, McAfee probably wins this match. I agree with you. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he does in the ring. Uh, you know, we've seen him throw one pretty good kick so far um, from a guy hanging off a table, which isn't necessarily going to be most of the match. Uh, I I think Adam Cole. Much like you talked about Shirai having that kind of switch over to babyface without necessarily, um, you know, anything happening to cause that Cole. This is turned Cole into a babyface, um, again, without a strong turn. Um, but I think he had great fire on Wednesday and looks, the look on his face. I mean, he was serious. Um, I, I think I think Cole has always had a future as a babyface. Um in WWE, and I think he can be a top-level guy on Raw and SmackDown, too, down the road if they get away from worrying about the fact that he is a little bit shorter than some people. So is Shawn Michaels. 
deal with it. The guy's that good. Um, Cole is my pick, though. A long way to get to that. Um, Cole is my pick. And I, like I said, I'm actually looking forward to that match. Um, didn't think that was possible. Uh, so good build to that. We'll see where that goes. Uh, we move directly into the North American title ladder match. Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, and winning their uh, final qualifiers this last week on NXT. Johnny Gargano beat Rich Holland, and the Velveteen Dream beat Finn Balor. Um, okay, it's a ladder match, so it's going to be fun. It, there's going to be people flying all over. Bronson Reed is probably going to pick up like everybody else on one ladder and throw them into the third row of people standing outside the uh, uh, over the the plexiglass or something. I mean, the dude is a beast. Uh, the dream will jump off the top of the ladder. You know, that will happen. Cameron Grimes probably will do something fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be really fun. And I think it's an eclectic mix of people. Um, we were talking, I think, last week about how originally the build had Reed, Priest, and uh, Dexter Loomis as the first three guys. Uh, we didn't know yet that Grimes was going to win that match because we recorded before NXT last week. Um, I think it's interesting that you've got two guys who I think are in their first takeover matches and Bronson Reed for sure. I don't think Grimes has had a takeover match yet. Has he Tom? I don't think so. I think you're okay. correct. Um, and then you have Damian Priest who has had a couple of matches, I think on a takeover, um, a, a big one with uh, Finn Balor uh, back at, in your house, I believe back in June. Um, and then, of course, Gargano, who's, I think, been on the most takeovers, has the most takeover wins, all of that sort of thing, or he's really close. He's with Balor on that. Um, and Dream, who made his return. And Dream's a little controversial right now. There's some uh, accusations that Triple H uh, says they looked into and there was nothing there. Um, I will purely say that he also admitted they did not talk to the accusers. And I think that's an odd way to decide there's nothing there if you don't talk to the accusers. Um, so a little strange that they are featuring him. I don't know how I feel about that, but um, that doesn't necessarily build into this match. It's just an odd thing um, for me. Um, so looking at those five guys, I, I've said it before, the Velveteen Dream is somebody I just, I don't, he doesn't click for me again. He's kind of the Rizongo for that. Um, not bad in the ring, but just doesn't click. Um, Gargano. They've done so much to build up that he he and Candace want to be the first NXT and women's champion at the same time, a married couple, to do that. Um, so I don't think putting the, the North American title on him here makes any sense um, in that story. So I think you're down to the other three since I don't think Dream wins it. Um, and uh, excuse me, phone was ringing there for a minute and it was making a noise. Um, the other three uh, in this match my heart wants to say Cameron Grimes because I've really enjoyed his build. Um, since they went to USA, he, de he kind of re-debuted, I guess you want to say, um, with a quick win on that USA debut. And uh, they built him nicely since then. I love he's, he makes you want to see him get his teeth kicked down his throat um, in a good way um, as a, just an annoying smarmy heel. Um, but then he backs it up and he wins. Um, but I, I, I don't think so. I think this is Damian Priest's time to shine. Um, so as much as I want to say Cameron Grimes, um, or I'd love to see Bronson Reed just get the rocket strapped to him, but I, I doubt that again. I hope he has a good showing and that they continue to do things with Bronson Reed. But Damian Priest uh, is the new North American champion in my eyes. 
Man, uh, hearing you talk was good for me to help process the thoughts I was wrestling with too, because uh, I'll agree with you. I also think that this is almost a perfect opportunity for Cameron Grimes, uh, all things being equal. That being said, I don't think that a heel wins this match, unfortunately. So if in different circumstances, if, if I was thinking a heel was coming out, he's my pick. That's not the case. So therefore, um, I agree that Gargano and Dream are, in my opinion, therefore the the star power and what they're going to add to the match, but not not strong considerations for winners. Uh, was surprised to see Dream come back on that qualifier that that Grimes did win, um, and also was surprised to see him beat Finn Balor. Uh, but go figure. Um, and then so then it comes down to as you kind of mentioned there, Damian Priest and Bronson Reed. Um, I do think it's Priest time, so that's my pick as well. Sorry that we have to dupe again. Uh, and, and 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 more support for that is the fact that. Two weeks ago on NXT, Reed beat Priest. So when you have a guy who gets a pinfall over someone who potentially becomes a champion, it sets that table for the eventual rematch. So I think that you know Priest coming out with the title, um, it makes him, and he's been on that ascend for a while on NXT, in my opinion. And then it sets up immediately Bronson Reed to say, "Well, hey, dude, I beat you two weeks ago. I beat you three weeks ago. Where's my shot?" You know, and it's already made title match right out of the right out of the gate. So. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought of that, Tom, and, and that further solidifies me thinking uh, Reese, because that does. It absolutely sets right read up as the number one contender um, or the first challenger, however you want to say that. Uh, the final match um, is the NXT title match, Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross, defending versus Karrion Cross. Tom, your turn to pick first, and I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this this build has been great. This build has been a lot of fun to watch. It certainly seems that it's less about the title and more about revenge. Uh, so it seems like it's more of a grudge. So that's interesting to me, and I wonder if that plays into how this match plays out. If that does enter into the case, it means that we're potentially setting ourselves up for an unclean finish and or a finish that gives us a rematch down the road so that would mean no title change perhaps is it too early to put the title on Karrion Cross and take it off Keith Lee was was Keith Lee just winning both belts at the same time his moment and that was going to be the be all end all or does he deserve a longer reign those are all great hypothetical questions I don't want to answer them all right now I think we'll get into them in the weeks to come I think you look at Karrion Cross in NXT very similar to how you perhaps do MJF in AEW. The trigger is going to have to get pulled sometime. I think. I'm going to say that the trigger gets pulled on Saturday. So Karrion Cross is my pick. This is one of those matches where I have waffled on my thinking about it. And for all of the same reasons that you just talked about, Tom. Um, Cross has been brought in as a, a beast. Um, I think the last thing you can do is just have Lee. Neither of these two men should dominate the other one and just wipe them out. Um, or if you do that, Cross has to be the one dominating. Um, and I don't think you're going to see that. Um, Lee can't. They can't do that, and they won't. Um, Lee isn't. Lee isn't actually one other than kind of his enhancement matches. Um, you know, even in his match versus Grimes, he gave Grimes 
you know, Grimes had some good offense and um, he doesn't really come in and squash people like a man like Keith Lee could. Um, and maybe someday when he moves to Raw SmackDown, because I do think that's a future for Keith Lee um, and probably carrying cross down the road as well. Uh, maybe that will be, you know, his MO there. Uh, as long as they don't bring him in as like the bodyguard to Dolph Ziggler at Raw Underground or something stupid like that, uh, which is definitely a fear. Keith Lee versus Daba Kato. Um, anyways, um, let's not get into fears about what they might future do. Uh, I, my waffling is, is it too early, as you said, to take the belt off of Keith Lee? There's a part of me that feels like it is. But do they run the risk of killing off carrying cross too early they have to be very careful how they book this um and especially if lee goes over i think they actually have to be more careful if lee goes over than if cross goes over um because you can do some things where cross wins the title through slightly underhanded means you know we've seen a fireball scarlet could do something uh retribution could get involved here they, they haven't been in nxt yet but nothing saying they can't um I, you know, I hate to duplicate the pick, but I just feel like it's carrying Cross's time. Um, and and I think it does lead to a rematch. I think the next takeover probably, or maybe a, a featured uh, Wednesday night on USA um, will be a, a rematch between these two. And I think you build it. Uh, the nice part when you build it as a grudge instead of a title, instead of just about the title, like you said, um, is it's a little easier to make it a longer term program. Um, I kind of miss the days when title programs meant you got two or three or four matches between uh, two people who are fighting for the title and not just um, kind of the UFC style that we have now where you get your shot and then you move on to the next challenger. Um, that works in a, a UFC style setting where it's um, where it is not predetermined, but wrestling is about stories. <laughs> you tell stories. Stories have arcs. Um, this story, I feel like, is just maybe getting to the top part of its arc, um, but it's still got more to go um, in this. So I think part of that story is Karrion Cross uh, winning the world title, the NXT title, I should say, um, on Saturday night, and Mauro Ranello just losing his stuff about what does this mean for the future of NXT. Um, you know, the dark days are here, and, and I can just hear Ranello making it sound like, you know, the devil himself has won the title, because that's kind of how they pre presented Cross. Um, so I, I think that that will be fun. Um, and and I'm, I'm a fan of both of these guys, so I'm looking forward. This is a good takeover um, card that they've put together here. There's nothing really weak on it at all. Um, we're guaranteed a new North American champion, which is fun. Um, chance for the NXT title to change hands. The women's title's on the line. Um, you got an outside punter from the NFL coming in and wrestling. That doesn't even make sense when I say that as a sentence. Uh, so... Uh, so just to recap, uh, we are dead even on four of the matches. We both have Io Shirai, Adam Cole, Damian Priest, and Karrion Cross winning uh, their matches, and we differ on the pre-show. So we'll know right away early on on Saturday whether uh, I have even the score um, or whether you've taken a two-match lead. Uh, yeah. We'll be able to sit, sit back and relax. One of us will at least. That's right. That's right. Uh, now watch, uh, we'll both take the L because Brizongo wins the dumb match. Uh, but uh, e either way, that would keep your one match lead if we do both lose it. So we'll know early on. Uh, I have Legato del Fantasma. You have uh, the Brit M connection. Is that right? Brawlers. Brawlers. Brit M Brawlers. I knew as I was saying that didn't sound right. Can Am connection. Going back to my Tom Zink and Rick Martel days. 
WrestleMania 3, baby. <laughs> for NXT. So uh, the Pit Am Brawlers or Legato, we'll see what happens on Saturday. That brings us to Sunday, which is SummerSlam, the biggest card of the summer. Uh, there were rumors at one point that this was going to take place uh, on a boat in Atlantic City. It was going to be on a beach, um, but it's not. It is going to be the second show in Thunderdome in Orlando. Um, and there are eight matches currently announced. A little surprised that we haven't seen a couple of other ones uh, that I thought might come up, but uh, but we'll see here. Uh, let's see, you you took the the head on Cross and Lee, so I'll start off with this one. Uh, hair versus hair is where we're going to start. Sony Deville and Mandy Rose, first and foremost, all the best thoughts out to Sony Deville and Mandy Rose, who ended up being the other person in the home uh, with the scary situation that happened uh, Deville's home earlier this week. Uh, I know they were doing a hearing about whether that gentleman deserved, gentleman's not the right word there, but um, deserved bail or should be held, I sincerely hope. They hold him without bail. Um, and, and I hope he gets the mental health uh, help that he needs as well, because clearly there are mental health issues. Uh, scary, scary situation for DeVille, and I'm glad that uh, it worked out okay, and she and Mandy were able to get out of the home and, and to safety um, so the police could handle that situation. All that said, I hope that they are also able on Sunday to just come together um, and do what both of these women love to do. And it's it's cool that they're friends, and I think we've we've known that from behind the scenes that they are friends. Um, the build for this has been great. Sonya Deville has gone to another level with her promos, I feel like. Um, occasionally, they feel a little bit scripted, and, and I know they are everything scripted in WWE, um, but she's done a really good job most weeks of not sounding overly scripted. I think Mandy Rose has also taken a step forward in her promo work. Um, so I think this, she's already gotten a little bit of a haircut, which I think actually looks very nice on her. Uh, so it works out. Um, but this is a hair versus hair match. I think they'll have, uh, there'll be some shenanigans. I expect we'll see Otis, um, you know, who is still the money in the bank holder, um, in case anybody has forgotten that Otis still does have that case. Um, you know, the guy wasn't even on SmackDown for like four weeks in a row, but um, that's a booking problem that we'll talk about some other time. Um, but talking about this match specifically, um, hair versus hair matches, almost always the baby face wins them. Uh, and since Mandy Rose already just got a haircut, um, well, storyline and obviously then in real life, um, I, I just don't see a way that she loses this match. Um, I think Sonya Deville being bald, um, A, I think she'll look amazing and menacing as a, as a bald or super short. You know, maybe she'll go the Serena Deeb kind of um, almost carrying cross hairstyle. Um I think she'll look menacing in that way. Um, but I think her going off and just almost becoming even more unhinged after that um, will be something to see. So I'm going Mandy Rose uh, in the hair versus hair match. Yeah, uh, I agree with that pick. And that's my pick as well. I, uh, I don't see any other way. Uh, it's a, it's a revenge. It's a, it's a grudge. Uh, it's a blow off and uh, it's a great one. I don't know the last time, I mean, I'm sure it hasn't been CM Punk, but I can't believe, you know, the hair versus hair stip. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to really, um, it, it fits Sonya Deville uh, and it fits the the heroine Mandy Rose getting revenge and coming out on top. Uh, and uh, good retribution for the big backstage attack that happened where she cut her hair and you know, smeared her face with lipstick a couple weeks back. So looking forward to this. It should be fun. And uh 
yeah, I'm eager to see the outcome. Absolutely. Um, I was just looking here. They actually uh, put up a playlist on WWE.com of uh, hair versus hair matches. And if I could get the dumb Thunderdome ad to get off here, uh, let's see. Former hair versus hair matches uh, that are listed on here. Chris Jericho versus Kevin Nash back in 2003. Um, can I scroll on this? Is that the thing? There we go. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of what the most recent one was. The most recent one they have listed on here uh, was actually Enzo Amore versus Sylvester Lafort at NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way in 2014. Um, Punk might have been after that, but um, they don't have the Punk one up here because, you know, why would they ever want to remember, remind anyone that CM Punk worked for them? But, uh, hey, if Enzo and, and Sylvester Lafort were the last hair versus hair match, that would have been a trivia question I would have missed every single time. Uh, <laughs> I, even seeing that that was a recent hair, or a six years ago hair, hair versus hair match, and I'm sure I watched it because I've watched every takeover. I have zero memory of that match ever happening. Uh, so there's that. All right, we're going to move into the U.S. title match. Um, Apollo Crews, Defense versus MVP. Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley are banned from ringside. What do you got, Tom? Yeah, interesting build here. Um, it, it, it's There's been a lot that's happened on Raw in the last, I think, three weeks. Uh it goes back to, I think, what I said maybe when we were talking about this a month ago before the last show, the last major event. Um, why is it not Bobby, Bobby Lashley? Like, why not just, you know, plug him in instead uh, or do something for for the belt differently? Uh, obviously, Apollo came back, and I'm glad he's back. Um, but then just this last Monday on Raw, they had the six-man elimination match, and who wins in the end? It was Bobby Lashley. Um, but he's not challenging for the title. So what does that mean? <laughs> Doesn't add up on paper. Um, so I think you definitely have Apollo win here and you put a pin in the issue with MVP, but probably not the hurt business. I think you, you then have MVP who's been a great mouthpiece, you know, say that, you know, well, you beat me, you know, it's a fluke, yada, 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 but what about my big man right here? And then we get Apollo and Lashley, which... If they want to keep this thing going for another month, maybe not. Maybe it's maybe they had pull it off right at right at payback a week later, and then that that brings it to an end. We'll have to see. We'll talk about that. I'm sure a week from now. But Apollo Cruz retains here. Well, here we go. We get a chance to have a little bit of a difference of opinion. Um, if I thought that this was going to actually stay a straight one on one match, um, and and actually Benjamin and Lashley being banned from ringside, I would have Apollo Cruz win the match in about two minutes. Um, because what you would be proving is that MVP needs the backup, you know, for him. And, and I would be okay with that, um, because MVP shouldn't be the featured one out of the Hurt Business. He should be the mouthpiece, and you're 100% right. Bobby Lashley should be the featured piece, and Benjamin should, you know, be along for the ride, and and I guess he's going to win the Tony 4-7 title and lose it, you know, 87 times, like like our truth as well, um, and Akira Tozawa, you know, and whoever else uh, wants to pass that back and forth. But... Um, I, I think the fact that Benjamin and Lashley are banned from ringside is a red herring because they're saying Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley are banned from ringside. They're not saying the Hurt Business is banned from ringside. And I think we have a new member of the Hurt Business on Sunday night. Um, I think Cedric Alexander ends up 
uh, after he got snubbed on Monday night for being in that six-man elimination tag match, and MVP came and planted the seed. Now, that could be a red herring to make me think exactly what I'm thinking. Um, WWE's not great at red herrings. They're usually great at totally um, showing you their hand before it happens. Um, I think Cedric Alexander ends up coming down uh, maybe at a point when MVP is doing something illegal and it looks like he's going to, you know, help Apollo, and then he ends up kicking him in the head or something, or, or hitting him with uh, his finish, uh, the back. Anyways, his finish. I can't come up with the word right now. Uh, which leads to MVP winning the U.S. title, probably with Cruz winning it back fairly quickly, maybe even a payback, um, unless he ends up facing Alexander there. Um, but I think MVP wins the title. Um, I don't think it's a long reign, because I think it's more about the story again here um, and not the title at that point, but uh, there we go. We got one where we're a little different. Uh, now, if Cedric Alexander doesn't even get shown on Sunday, which absolutely would be something that WWE would also do, like do this big tease and then do absolutely nothing with it, not show you anything, um, then I would totally believe that Cruz will win. So I wouldn't be shocked if you're right, um, but I'm going to go MVP. Uh, the Raw tag title match, the Street Profits defend versus Andrade and Angel Garza. We did finally learn on Monday night uh, that it was Zelina Vega who poisoned uh, Montez Ford a number of weeks back. Uh, we were a little confused through that whole thing, whether Retribution was involved with that, because they maybe did a few too many things on one episode of Raw uh, that were new and, and started things. Um, so we have the Street Profits and Andrade Angel. Uh, I've waffled on this one a little bit because I can see arguments on both sides of it. Um, you have the revenge piece, like you've been talking, Tom, about the grudge and, and the Profits you would think would win that grudge. Um, but I have a little bit of a question of where do the profits go from here? They've held the titles for a while. Um, they seem to have vanquished the Viking Raiders. If the Viking Raiders are even thought of in the tag division half the time anymore, which is a crying shame. Um, total aside here for a moment on the Viking Raiders. Uh, I was a part of ring of honor trivia last night. Um, and one of the questions was around the top prospect tournament and it was around uh, what tag future tag team partners met in the finals of, I think it was 2014's top prospect tournament. It was Hanson and Rowe. Uh, we're now Eric and Ivar, as we've talked about before. Um, and uh, we actually had a conversation with Session Moth Martina, who was on our team last night, uh, around uh, why are the Viking Raiders fighting garbage monsters? So that that was a thing that happened in my life, and I just thought I needed to share it. Um, but the Viking Raiders not involved in this match uh, because Ivar is going to be taking on Dolph Ziggler on Raw Underground Monday night. Uh, instead, this one, you know, so where do the profits go? I guess my question, um, Andrade and Angel Garza certainly were getting a build while Paul Heyman was involved with Raw, and it seemed to have cooled a little bit for a little while, and it actually seemed like maybe they were going to split apart. Um, you know, Austin Theory has been out in a, what sounds like, not announced suspension, perhaps. Um, so he had been a part of that group, and now he's not. Um, then he was a part of Seth Rollins, and it just, you know, been a mess. I think Andrade and Angel win this match and get the tag titles. Um, I don't think this, again, I think this is story, and I don't think this is the end of their story. Um, so I'm going to go Andrade and Angel. Nice. Good. Well, you can disagree again because uh, that's what makes these fun. Um, yeah. So despite the fact that um, I don't know why this match is happening because it appears with last Monday that, you know, Montez Ford got his revenge by winning against Andrade. Now, granted, I think what I think too. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, it just it doesn't. It doesn't. On paper, it's annoying for for 
people like us that are paying attention. Like if if you're going to give us that on Raw, you know, traditional wrestling booking would say Andrade Andrade should have won. And you know what? It would have been, you know, even though we know who the poisoner is, you know, have Zelina and Bianca cause interference and that's how Andrade gets a roll up. It would put heat on this match and make make me want to see the profits get revenge. I, I don't I don't care now. But sadly, I don't care. I think it's going to be a good match. I like all four of the guys in this match. Actually, when I was watching Raw on Monday, both with the backstage and in the in-ring, I was like, wow, Dawkins is a guy that's grown on me big time in the last six months um, when I was pretty much all pro Montez Ford uh, previous to that. But I'm picking the profits to retain. Uh, I agree with your opinion. I don't know where they go from here. Uh, who knows? You know, there aren't, there aren't a ton of tag teams you would think that are lining up for shots, but maybe that's a redirection for the Hurt Business after Sunday, depending on how things shake out. So profits are my pick here. All right. Now we're going to move into the women's title matches. Uh, We know that the SmackDown women's title match will happen earlier on the card than the Raw women's title match. Um, So we'll start with that one. I actually kind of expect this to be the opener of the whole show. for that reason, because Asuka is going to be working twice, and Bailey and Sasha probably will both be out there uh, for each of their uh, partners' respective matches too, or at least get involved. I would expect I, these aren't going to stay straight one-on-one, no interference uh, types of situations. Let's be honest; uh, most Bailey and Sasha matches don't these days. Um, I, again, on both of these matches, I'm struggling to be perfectly honest with you, Tom. Um, but who you got? Bailey or Asuka? What are you thinking there, friend? <laughs> yeah, right. So it's almost like we have to preview both at the same time, only because I think there's going to be things that happen. And we can do that. In, in one that go to the other. Um, but I'll stick with my pick here. And then and then I'll, I'll circle back around after your next pick. And then, then okay. your, raw, your, your raw pick. And we can kind of maybe unpack it from there. Uh, I think Bailey retains the title here. I don't think she pins Asuka. Or I don't think that it's clean if it does happen. I think it's, I think, I think Bailey's tag team partner does something that causes her to, to retain because she's been professing so loud and so proud. It's her, it's her best friend and she loves her and, you know, this, that, and the other, and just the, the, self-aggrandizing uh attitude between the both of them um one of these days it's gonna the straw is gonna break the camel's back and i can't wait to see when that happens maybe it's sunday but maybe it's not so i'm gonna take bailey to retain the title over oscar don't know how it ends up being uh or playing itself out but bailey's my pick here since i'm picking second in this match and we'll pick first in the next i'll kind of probably blend these two a little bit together I think there are two options here on Sunday. Um, one is you have Asuka win both titles, um, and she becomes Asuka two belts. Um, and we we could see that. I feel like we just had that with Becky not that long ago. Um, I mean, it was a year ago. But um, Asuka would be somebody, you know, well, Bailey and Sasha have been super entertaining. Um being on really all of the shows, they've been on NXT a little bit, but SmackDown and Raw because they're both um, the women's champs and they're the tag women's tag champs as well. And I think that plays in here too. We do know they have a tag team title defense coming up a week later at Payback. Uh, 
against who we don't know yet. Um, I'll, I'll probably tip my hat to that as well here in a moment, but uh, not that that's something we're picking. But um, I think you either have Oscar win both belts or you do what I think we're headed towards, um, which might be what you're thinking as well. And and I agree with you. I think Bailey wins this match. Um, the problem in the women's division for me right now on the single side is I kind of feel like you have three people. You have Bailey, you have Sasha, you have Asuka. Um, Baszler should get there, and and I think will. You know, Nia Jax and, and her seem to have a, a an issue going on right now, um, which works for me. That's a, an aside, um, but Baszler beating up a, a bigger person like that, um, I think will be a good way to, to help build Shayna Baszler. Um, not that she should need a ton of build, but whatever, that's what they're doing. Um, that's a story for another day. Um, but I think Bailey wins this match. Then we go to the Raw women's title match. Um, and I'll just take your banner there since that's what we're going to kind of pivot to. Um, and I think Sasha helps Bailey win the match. But I think the reverse happens here in that I don't think Bailey intentionally costs Sasha the match, but I think she does something that blows it. Um, so I think you have Asuka win this match. Asuka's on Raw, so it makes sense for her to have the Raw women's title, not the SmackDown women's title. Um, unless you're moving her for some reason, and I don't know why you would at this point. Um, I think you have Asuka win the Raw women's title, which also then creates dissent, and how are Bailey and Sasha going to uh, move forward at payback as the tag women's champ? One has a belt now, one doesn't. Sasha's mad she doesn't have a belt. And maybe Bailey cost her that belt accidentally, um, and they'll be playing that up big. It was an accident. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, so I think Asuka wins the belt here. I wouldn't be shocked to see in the interference somehow Shayna Baszler get herself involved, and maybe it's Asuka and Baszler um, in a rematch from what we saw in Raw um, who face them at Payback. Otherwise, I think you're going to end up at Payback with some sort of a tag title match that really has no story behind it, like you know the Iconics or Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan or, or something that just yeah doesn't really feel like Payback. I, I kind of think, and I could be totally wrong on this, that maybe payback is also going to be where the explosion happens. Um, that you'll get a whole bunch of stuff that's going to lead to it, and then payback explodes, and maybe Oscar and Baszler win the titles. I don't know if that's where they go. So, all that said, really long-winded answers. Bailey is my pick for SmackDown, and I've got Asuka winning the Raw Women's title. Yeah, great summary there. I I almost echo your thoughts to a T. I don't know that I can add much more there. I do see it playing out very similar. Uh, and I didn't want to tip my hat to 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 to, to, to bias you before your picks. Uh, but yeah, I do think that that is how it plays out. And I think the story the whole time has been, you know, when will Bailey get too big for her britches? And I think that happens on Sunday. And when does Sasha finally say no more? So I'm eager to see that play out. And then as it leads into payback and the eventual, you know, I think I think Sasha going and winning the belt from Bailey is the ultimate end goal. It we it took us a little bit longer to get there, or, or if we end up getting there, it would have taken us longer. Cause I thought we, we had been talking for a long time. We thought SummerSlam was was the end goal. Obviously, things things and plans have changed. Um so um yeah. Yep, Asuka is my pick to re regain the raw title. And I should say that I hope the shenanigans around the Bailey and Sasha story um, don't take away from the fact that I expect these both to be very good matches. All three of these women, amazing in the ring. Um, they're also amazing characters. Um, so I think it'll be really fun in both matches. So I hope that the story and shenanigans stuff that happens um, doesn't 
take away from that. Um, similar to, you know, the, the terrible finish when Bailey became the ref um, in the Sasha and Asuka match a week, uh, month ago. Um, let's not do anything totally stupid like that. I'm fine with a little bit of schmoz because you're, you're telling that story of Bailey and Sasha, but don't do, don't get too cute for the WWE. Uh, we move into the street fight now. It started as a Dominic could use weapons, and now it's evolved into just a straight street fight, which makes far, far more sense than doing the um, – hi, Karen um, – doing the uh, almost the return of the Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. One can use uh, weapons and one can't uh, gimmick. Um I think it makes more sense that this is a street fight. Uh, Rollins, Dominic Mysterio's debut um, in the WWE as far as in-ring in the match. Um, and Ray will be in his corner. And Tom, uh, you get the first pick. I was going to take it from you if you had disappeared for me, but um, but you're back. So you get the first pick here uh, with the street fight. Yes, and for those who are joining us via video, my wife hates when she walks into the shot when she's not aware that I'm in the office, which this is now the office. I don't know if you noticed different paint colors from the last time we recorded, but the room is painted uh, and the whole desk setup is done now. So this will be the view uh, most likely going forward when we record uh, for those who want to check in visually. For now, is uh, your ceiling fan as large as the one in the performance center? That's what I'm wondering. It's it's my biggest fan, but it's not the largest fan. Okay. <laughs> uh, so first and foremost, before we get into the, the, my pick on this, uh, and, and please tell me when you get to that, to your choice, do you think this match would be better if it was Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe, or do you think there's more emotion there with what's been going on than what we're getting? So just pa put that in the parking lot and come back to it. I want to know your thoughts. I'm not looking at your face, so that way I'm not getting cues from you. Um, because I feel like the way it's been going on Raw and the way that Rollins has been engaging Samoa Joe, like that, that is that to me would be a more enticing match. And that's not against Dominic, but I don't know how green he is. And I don't know him going for revenge, not only for the beating he got with the kendo sticks, but also for his dad and his eye. That makes sense, but I'm just not emotionally invested in it. I'd actually be more emotionally invested if it was Samoa Joe and Dominic versus Rollins and Murphy, but we're not getting that unless they pull a rabbit out of a hat. Um, so the benefit for Dominic Mysterio is that Seth Rollins is going, is one of the best in the world and he's going to be able to, you know, uh, gimmicks and, and weapons and, and whatever they do aside, they're going to have, you know, and that's probably going to be to cover Dominic more than anything else. They're going to be able to have probably, a very good, uh, a good to very good match. This is like that Pat McAfee thing, though. I feel like Dominic's like a celebrity and not a wrestler yet, even though that's obviously not the case. Um, and also, like in the long term story of this, Rey Mysterio status aside, and and his status with the company, why would you not have Ray be the one to get revenge on Seth versus Dominic? Unless you're just saying, hey, what a great start to his WWE career because I'm going to imagine it's going to be for years and years to come. So I waffle big time on this because I really don't know. I, I think Seth Rollins should win, but I don't think that that he will because this is one of those things where they want they want like the happy ending. Um, and the happy ending at this point is Dominic Mysterio winning. So I say this begrudgingly, 
and you probably have heard it in my tone of voice um, about how I feel about this match in general. But Dominic, Dominic gets the win. Maybe Ray gets involved. Probably Ray gets involved. If he was back on Monday, I don't know why he's not. You know, not not back back, but involved now. So, and they, and they did announce that he's going to be in Dominic's uh, corner. So yeah, I definitely see that. Um, so let me ask, answer your question first, Tom, about uh, Samoa Joe. I I think if this doesn't somehow, I think Joe gets involved here. Um, I think Rollins and or Murphy, you know, maybe they take out Rey Mysterio, you know, with some sort of chicanery um, and they're brutalizing Dominic and Samoa Joe says, I can't take this anymore. And you hear the headset go because he drops it and jumps in and gets involved. I hope that also what that means is that maybe we're headed back to Samoa Joe getting back into the ring more regularly. Um, Joe is great on commentary. I've really enjoyed him on commentary. I think he's got a huge future in that. Um, but selfishly, I hope he's not done in the ring because I've been a Samoa Joe fan like you um, since the Ring of Honor days. Um, Joe uh, Joe was the Ring of Honor champion when I really – I always followed Ring of Honor, but Joe was the Ring of Honor champion when I really got uh, deep into Ring of Honor. And, uh, and his, you know, historic reign there, been a fan of his even through his impact days other than when he was like the cheap Uganda uh, Umaga ripoff thing that was kind of stupid, um, but Joe Joe's awesome in the ring. Um, the fact that he probably never ends up as WWE champion is a damn shame in my mind. Um, so, do I think this would be more? I don't think it would be more emotionally for me um, with Joe in this match yet. But I would love to see that what it leads to is a week later at Payback we get Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins. Um, I really could see that, and I hope that I'm right on that. Um, and again, totally selfishly, I'd like to see Samoa Joe back in the ring. If Joe is ready to become an announcer full time, and the injuries have piled up, and his style certainly is a tough style that you know I have no doubt he hurts every time he moves. I know a lot of the guys do, but um, the way Joe has worked over his career is going to play into that. Let's be honest. Um, then, then fine, and more power to him if that's what Joe wants to do. Then Joe ought to do that. Um, but if Joe can still go safely in the ring, you know, injury-wise and wants to, then I hope he gets it back. And I hope they give him a good run. And maybe he can win that title. But that's Samoa Joe. Um, so for me, it's it, Dominic is more emotional for me in this match. Um, but I do agree with you and hope that uh, Joe gets involved in the Joe's back. Um, I think the street fight is smart for this match because I agree with you in that we don't know how green Mysterio Dominic Mysterio is. He's been training for a number of months at the PC. Um, however much of that, the PC's actually even been open, of course. Um, but I'm sure Ray Mysterio probably has a ring in a garage somewhere that he's been working with him too. And, you know, getting him ready and that sort of thing. So I hope that we're pleasantly surprised by Dominic Mysterio. Do I expect Dominic Mysterio to look like uh, Daniel Bryan in the ring? No. Um, He's still very early in his development. Daniel Bryan didn't look like Daniel Bryan in the ring when he started. Uh, so I think the street fight is smart because you can hide a lot of things um, in street fights uh, because there's a lot of gaga and weapon shots. Um, I do have to say I have complete respect for Dominic Mysterio for that kendo stick beating that he took two weeks ago. It was brutal. Um, those marks were insane. Um, Seth and Buddy did not, uh, Seth and Murphy, I should say, 
did not take it easy on Dominic at all. Um, and I'm sure Dominic told them not to, and I'm sure he knew it was coming. Um, but wow. Um, dude earned some stripes a couple of weeks ago for me. Um, that being said, I, I didn't love the angle on Monday night because I think it took away some of the heat from that because you had him, he came out. I thought Dominic came out and he was selling his ribs. Great. He was holding his chest and his side the whole time Ray was talking. But then when it got to the brawl, he runs out, he grabs kendo sticks and he's fine. And he's just swinging away with kendo sticks. Like, ah, you just took all the steam out of that. Dominic should still be walking in like he's hurting on Sunday. Now on Sunday, if he two weeks, you know, later would have come out acting like he was hurt, then all of a sudden just whacked the crap out of Seth Rollins. Okay, I'm good with that because now you're actually using it within the story of the match. I, it was a lost opportunity. It was really stupid booking to me on Monday night with that. Um, I'm with you. Um, Mysterio's got to win this match uh, because I, I don't think this is going to lead to a series of Seth Rollins, Dominic Mysterio matches. Um, and if you have Rollins win, I think you have to. The only way I could see Rollins winning, and I, and I did almost pick him, um, is if this is going to be kind of one and done for Dominic, and then he's going to go back to train, and we won't necessarily see Dominic for another year or two, which is possible. Um, but they've spent so much time on him that I'm just not sure that's the case moving forward. He may not be on every week. Um, certainly, I don't think he's going to you know jump to the top of the card or anything stupid like that. Um, but I, I think that Dominic wins this match, um, probably with help from Samoa Joe or something like that. Um, I don't think he should necessarily, and he, this wouldn't be clean anyways because it's a street fight, but I don't think he should cleanly beat Seth Rollins. I mean, let's not go crazy. He, it is his first match. And Seth Rollins is the Monday Night Messiah, um, but he's also one of the top guys in WWE and one of the top guys in the world. Uh, I think Rollins will lead him to a very good match. I actually think this will be pretty good. Um, but Dominic is my pick um, to win this match. As much as I wanted to go Rollins, um, my head just says, you've done all of this build. It'd be kind of silly to waste it on not having Mysterio get his revenge. Uh, again, unless that happens at payback. This this pay-per-view a week after is really messing with my picks because there's a lot of things. Something has got to happen on Sunday. I hope, anyways, if they do nothing on Sunday that makes us go, oh, wow, yeah, you got to resolve that next week, then what is the point of two pay-per-views? Um, I read somewhere that they thought it was Vince messing with AEW to have three pay-per-views in three weeks and it'll hurt AEW. But WWE shows aren't pay-per-views. Like, I know they're available on the pay-per-view channel on cable, and for the 26 people that are still stupid enough to pay 50 bucks a month to watch pay-per-views um, from WWE, like, more power to you. Um, or perhaps there are those few folks who have cable but don't have high-speed internet available because they're in a very rural area, something like that. So those folks, I understand. Um, but let's be honest, 95%, if not more, of the people who are watching these pay-per-views have the network because it's 10 bucks a month. Um, so I don't think that messes with AEW that much. I'm paying my $10 a month for the WWE Network and getting both now of these pay-per-views in two weeks, and that has absolutely zero effect on whether I pay my $50 to watch All Out. Anyways, that's an aside. Um, let's see. I, I get uh, first shot here at the Universal title match. We had a double turn, and I just missed it last week. Uh, Braun Strowman versus The Fiend is, of course, the match. Um, Braun Strowman came out with a shaved head, straightforward, talked almost like Batman uh, in the Batman movies, you know, with this deep, I am a monster voice. Um, 
maybe press slammed Alexa Bliss, although they kind of did the same thing there that they did with the Randy Orton, Ric Flair thing with the lights go out. You don't see the impact kind of thing. I like The Fiend. I am a fan of The Fiend. Um, I have The Fiend Funko Pop. I will be ordering The Fiend Ultimate Edition when that becomes available. And I recently canceled my Entertainment Earth order for his Elite because I don't know when they're ever going to get it uh, because Megalopolis got it in and immediately ordered it from them. I like The Fiend. Uh, Braun Strowman? Meh. Um, And this monster thing hasn't had enough time to flesh out before this match for me to give a rip about the fact that now he's the monster again. Um, I feel like if they're going to do a character change with him right before a big match like this, they really needed to build it out over a few more weeks and not just two weeks, one with a promo where he says he doesn't give a crap about Alexa and then Alexa wearing him out with slaps on Friday night. Um, Kudos to her. She laid those suckers in. Um, I think Alexa Bliss is going to end up involved with The Fiend uh, somehow here. I don't want her to become Sister Abigail. Let's not do that. Everybody's been talking about it for too long. Just let her be Alexa Bliss, um, but let her fall under the spell of The Fiend or something. I don't know exactly how you do that. Um, And maybe that, but I I do think that's going to completely push him to babyface, which I kind of feel like he's almost already there. Um, because if you have Braun Strowman picking Alexa Bliss up over his head and dropping her to the mat and the fiend coming out to attack him for that, although then they got into this laughing match that was incredibly uncomfortable, um, to watch, um, isn't the fiend the baby face at that point? I mean, Strowman should be a heel if he's going to throw around Alexa Bliss. Um, all that being said, I, I think it's time to get that belt off of Braun Strowman, um, Braun Strowman was never going to be the world champ- the universal champion. It was supposed to be Roman Reigns. We all know that um, at WrestleMania. And then Reigns decided to bow out for health reasons. All the more power to Roman Reigns. I- I've been a little surprised that they've left the belt on Braun Strowman this long, to be perfectly honest. And I'm, I'm happy to see they have, because I think it's given them a chance as best they can in the situation they've got. Um, not being in front of live crowds and that to see what do they have in Braun Strowman as a top champion guy. Um, I think he's fine to have some runs in the future with the title as well. Um, but the fiend is my pick here. I think you get the fiend, you get that belt back on him. That belt's going to be in the ultimate edition, uh, action figure, not go action figure nerd on everybody. Um, so it's not a bad idea to get that belt back out in front of people before you try selling a figure with it. Uh, I think the fiend wins and I think Alexa does get involved somehow. Um, they could do some sort of a swerve, but we'll save that for another conversation somewhere. I'm going to yeah, so uh, building on that swerve, uh, red herring type thing, you have to think about, you know, just as we were talking about with other situations previous um, in some of the builds, you know, could the whole Alexa Braun thing be a red herring? Could they be in cahoots behind the scenes, right, in a way to play more mind games with The Fiend? I don't know. Are, are they, are the writers that cunning? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I do I do like what you said a lot, and I also thought it could go in that direction too. Uh, having Alexa be at the side of of the mon- of the fiend, not the monster, because obviously the monster is brawn now. Uh, but yeah, you came out of the swamp and you your head shaved, and you've got you like you seem mentally different. But that's all I can really like. You you're more aggressive. You lost your or you have an edge now. 
again, I'd like more. I'd like more backstory there or, or give me something else. Um, I also think it's the right time to, to, to take the belt off of him. I, it's funny. We talked about how it's been too quick, perhaps, for Keith Lee. And if he loses, it definitely is. And then you've got Braun Strowman, who's been the champion for almost five months. And it's about four months too long. So uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to parrot your pick here. I'm going to go with The Fiend. I'm eager to see how it plays out. Um, I, I, I do like your analogy uh, or your thought process about the baby face turn. Not, not, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. And, and, and when one thing, I'm not going to change my pick, but just if, if, we, if we have the monster win, but The Fiend does damage, could we have Otis cash in? Because if you have Otis cash in and win, not that it's great, but payback, Braun Strowman versus Otis, I want title back. We'll see. Who knows? But The Fiend is my pick. Look, you don't need any more points in our Fantasy Wrestling League, okay? Stop trying to get the Universal title on your team, too. <laughs> uh, the main event, I, I think, will be the main event, uh, the way they've built things. The WWE title match, I think, goes on last. Uh, Drew McIntyre, excuse me, the banner there for those who are watching on YouTube. Drew McIntyre defends versus Randy Orton. Um, Tom, you get the first uh, first slap at this. So, uh, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, what what you seeing? Yeah. Well, so before we jump into this uh, chat and and pick here, just want to call back to uh, again our good friend Annette who had asked the question because when we recorded a week ago, I had not yet watched Raw in full, and so I had oh, not yeah. seen the Randy Orton, Ric Flair segment. Um, I mean, I have no problem with this segment. I I think that. I feel bad in a way for Ric Flair, uh, but it's also genuine. He's he's actually one of the guys that I think is very genuine. So his emotion was real. Um, it, it's it's fit the character of, of of Randy Orton. Randy Orton has seemed very much going out for blood, um, out to put people out. Um, so regardless of the fact that he had Rick by his side for a couple weeks. I think his rationale to say, hey, I didn't need to fight KO and I fought KO because of you and you're like, you know, you're just, you're, you're riding my coattails. And then Rick's like, no, but I'm here for you and this, yada, yada, yada. And then Randy's like, well, regardless of all that, you know, it was, it was like he didn't care to listen. And that's, and that makes sense. Randy Orton, his mission is the, the title, the world title, uh, and, and, and overcoming Drew McIntyre. And it doesn't matter who gets in his way, Edge, Christian, Big Show, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. That's what he's going for. This is a match I thought we were getting for a while, so I'm glad it's actually happening. I wish it was happening under different circumstances because I think a crowd would make this match even better. And again, who knows what the Thunderdome crowd will look like and how that will play into it. I also have thoughts about Retribution and their role in this match. Because in my mind, from the minute we... I think talked about the potential for payback, whether it was on this podcast or in our conversations behind the scenes. I said, something with retribution has to happen at SummerSlam to justify payback a week later. If, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. If, it, if, if the reason for why they're doing this show a week after SummerSlam is to mess with AEW, you, your priorities are all wrong. And that's, and shame on WWE for that. My pick is Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre is the head of retribution. And I think that there's going to be something that comes out on Sunday that gives us that. Now, 
I think there's going to be other players as well. I don't know who are off the top of my head, but I think. Well, I, I, go ahead. I was going to say they seem to have grown. Um, they started off with five the first couple of times, and now with their attack on uh, Monday and maybe even last Friday, I'd have to remember. Um, there were definitely more than five people. Um, so whether there are minions, you know, I, let's not do the Dark Order minion thing, um, but whether there are, you know, other underlings that we may never see, they'll just be masked people or I don't know what, um, that group has grown. Yeah, and so b- building, on, building on that and building on some of the stuff that I think we've seen behind the scenes with McIntyre, I think his story in the long run with WWE uh, and then the fact that he had to claw and fight and get his way back. And then I think when you look at the backstage segment with Shawn Michaels before Shawn Michaels went out and finished the show last week, he kind of put Drew in his place in a way, not in a completely disrespectful way, because you would think that as a vet, you know, Drew would, would respect Shawn Michaels. But he kind of was like, just, hey, you know, stay back here. I got this. I got to do this on my own. But maybe Drew's just tired of being told, you know, you know, just follow us. Just, just listen to us. So that's, that's why I think he's behind retribution. And, uh, and I think him winning, retaining the title, I don't think it turns Randy Orton. I don't think you can turn Randy. I think Randy Orton stays a bad guy. But I think that you shift Drew to being the, the main heel, and then you start to have people chase him off within retribution, fighting them back. So, so maybe we get Drew and people that are really part of retribution in a multi-man against Randy and... Randy has to beg people to join him in a, in a, in a main in a main tag match, six man, eight man, whatever at payback. Who knows? We'll see. That that's that's kind of where my mind's been at the last week after watching Raw and preparing for this conversation. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I gotta say, uh, my prediction is, is of how things go is different than yours. I like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to get on the booking team is what I'm saying, Tom, because that's some good stuff right there. Um, I, I do think, and, and you're playing into the, in one of my comments, um, one thing we haven't talked about necessarily is the tagline for the show. You'll never see it coming. Um, and something seems to be needing to happen that will go with that. And, and Drew McIntyre being a part of Retribution, leading a Retribution, uh, would be something I think most people wouldn't see coming. I hadn't thought of that. Um, it would be a cool callback, um, and the, the fact that the person who would have booked this is on that show or is on that team, um, it would be a cool callback to his turn in Evolve as well um, when he kind of – he was going to save Evolve. Um, you know, uh, you and I were at those shows in Dallas where that happened, um, the last live wrestling show I have been at in my life. Um, I've been those shows in Dallas. Far too long. Um, Far, far too long. I live in the live pro wrestling wasteland of central Nebraska. Um, but uh, far, far too long. But uh, we were at those shows, and, and it would be an interesting callback to that. You're making me do a lot of thinking here. I'm going to go with what my original thought was because I thought I really had this figured out, and I'm just going to stick with it, um, even though you have totally blown my mind and made me go a different direction and wondering now and made me more excited to see how it plays out on Sunday um, as well. Um, I am going the other way. I think Randy Orton's winning the title. Um, so we do have another, uh, that would be our fourth out of the two uh, shows where we differ. Um, I think Randy Orton's winning the title, and I think Ric Flair helps Randy Orton win the title. I think it's important that um, we did not see Randy Orton's foot connect with Ric Flair's head. Now, that could be 
that they were protecting Ric Flair and that they didn't want to show Randy Orton kick a 70 some odd year old man in the head. Uh, it's never stopped them before. So I'm not quite sure why. And Randy, I mean, Randy kicked both Edge and Christian who have very serious neck injuries and back injuries and those kinds of things and can do it safely. Randy knows how to throw that kick safely. He would have protected Ric Flair. I mean, Randy genuinely, um, you know, is a huge Ric Flair fan. They're friends. You know, he thinks the world of him, all of that behind the scenes. He would have protected Rick. No, no question in my mind. Now, could it just have been Retribution playing with the lights? Yes. But I I think Rick and Randy used the whole light thing with, that's going on with Retribution to their advantage and turned the lights off when that happened. So now Rick's selling it like he got kicked. Now, they did the same thing on SmackDown with Braun and Alexa. So who knows? Maybe that goes. Maybe they're all in cahoots and they're telling the same story on both shows because they're totally uncreative. Um, but I don't know. Um, but I think Ric Flair actually returns, and and that's part of what we don't see coming is why would Ric Flair, who just got punted in the head, um, help Randy Orton win the title? Um, and then it's revealed on Monday night that he never actually kicked him, and haha, we got y'all, and I'm the dirtiest player in the game, and all of that stuff. Um, I think both of those are interesting. Both your direction and my direction are interesting paths they could take. Um, and better than just a straight, hey, kick him in the face and win the match or drop him with an RKO and win the match. Um, so there could be some fun story. And, I, and again, I, I agree with you. I think there's got to be story. Now, you and I both agree. I think retribution has to play a part in what leads to payback. Or if not, they're, they're missing the boat. Totally. They should. Um, so what is that in my scenario? I, I haven't figured that out yet. Um, I don't have an answer for you on that. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure on that, but I, I'm going Randy Orton to win this match. Uh, although if your path happens, I will be very excited because that is way more entertaining um, to me as something that, that could, could transpire. And I think the other piece, Drew being the leader of it, could be really interesting because I think you've got to have somebody who is seen as a top level guy involved with this. Um, if you don't, you know, I don't mean to sound bad, but let's say it's Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Dominic Dijakovic, Chelsea Green, and Vanessa Bourne. Those are all names I've seen just rumored people talking about, you know, we haven't seen a lot of them other than Gargano. Um, I, I do think Chelsea Green might be involved because otherwise what, what has she been doing besides posting bikini pictures on Instagram um, for the last number of months? I mean, uh, unless she's hurt, they are wasting a talent right there that seemed like they were going to do something with her. Um, but that neither being her nor let's say those are the five people. You and I both would be excited maybe about most of those picks. Vanessa Bourne's kind of meh for me, but um, again, another lady that hasn't been around for a while, I think her coming up might make sense. Um, but would the average WWE fan be excited about Tommaso Ciampa, let's say, being the leader of Retribution? I don't know. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure about that. So having Drew McIntyre be a part of it and maybe somebody like a Champa or a Dijak, uh, Dijakovic or somebody along those lines, um, uh, involved as well might help bring that person up when they come up too. And again, I'm just throwing names out there. There have been no spoilers out about who's in it. Um, they're holding it very close to the best, which is good. I kind of want to be surprised, even if it is any of the names that I can run around and think about like those guys, um, uh, you know, some people have said even Cedric Ricochet, Mustafa Ali. Um, I, I don't see that. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, 
I do think we start to get some answers on Sunday, though, to retribution. Um, whether it's one person gets revealed, whether it's the whole group gets revealed, I, I think we start to get some answers. Um, probably not all of the answers yet. Um, they'll need to be a little careful because the group did grow on Monday. Um, I don't want to see this turn into the NWO where every week we have a new member of Retribution revealed. Um, they could do that for a few weeks. That would be okay, but don't let it be a three or four month and all of a sudden we get a group of, you know, 15 members of Retribution like that. The reason that didn't work in the NWO, so let's not make the same mistake twice. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, all that said, I've got a couple of number of different directions. So Orton's my pick. Uh, so to repick, just to recap, just on the picks. Uh, we have three picks on SummerSlam that are different. Uh, I have MVP uh, winning. You have Apollo Crews in the U.S. title match. Uh, in the tag title match, the Raw tag title match, you have the Street Profits, and I have Andrade and Angel Garza. And then here in the World WWE title match, you have Drew McIntyre, and I have Randy Orton. So we have four matches total out of 13 um, that we differ on. So that'll be fun. Um, four matches certainly gives a chance uh, – well, it gives a chance for one of us to take a commanding lead if one of us is totally right. Um, also, to give us a chance to kind of be right where we are uh, if we were to go two and two in those four matches, uh, which is what I hope is the worst case scenario for me, at least. <laughs> so as to not uh, ask Tom what figure he wants me to start looking for <laughs> in August. Uh, uh, Tom, any more thoughts on SummerSlam takeover before we kind of just preview a little where we're headed? Yeah, no, excited for the weekend. Uh, not sure how uh, in, in what order, uh, order is the wrong term. I'm going to watch them in order, but the, the, the watching live is going to be a challenge, I believe, definitely for TakeOver, uh, possibly for SummerSlam. Uh, big family event this weekend uh, going on, and then work really kicks off. Work has been ongoing, but what, what I've been working all summer for, my program year begins on Monday. So. Um, just the, the mental preparation for that and wanting to have uh, a good night's rest before a completely brand new virtual uh, start to our program here on Monday. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely would prefer to prioritize wrestling, but I, I do have to be responsible too. Bummer. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I hear you, buddy. Um, I, I think I'm going to be able to watch these mostly live. Um, but again, life could take precedence. Um, my whole this whole week has been very very busy and my wife and i have kind of been ships passing in the night um this week so um i i may find out that uh, we have a date night on saturday night or something that i'm unaware of um or, or get told that we are having one <laughs> so we we will see uh how that plays out and um over the weekend but uh i'm looking forward to it as well and uh you know i think they'll both be good shows so that'll be fun uh, next week, we will uh, try and connect. Uh, we haven't talked about schedule next week at all. And with your program, you're starting. I know your week's going to be crazy. Um, but uh, we'll look at trying to connect anyways. And our plan will be to not only do uh, some takeaways from both TakeOver and SummerSlam, but also preview whatever uh, they have announced for payback at that point. Uh, maybe we'll try to shoot for later in the week so we can hopefully have a little bit of a card announced. Uh, probably miss some SmackDown stuff, but yeah, it is what it is. We can't. Um, we can't make WWE make things make more sense. Uh, and then the week after that, uh, as much as we try, right. As much as we try. And if they'd start listening to the show, darn it, um, maybe they would. Uh, but after that, the week after that, uh, we'll be doing some takeaways from payback and then, uh, looking at all out, which, um, 
frankly, I have to say, with All Out being just two weeks from this weekend and AEW moving to Saturday night for this week because of the NBA playoffs, uh, they need to get on booking the rest of their matches for that show. Uh, the only, I think the only match still official is the world title match. Am I right on that, Tom? As far as you remember? Yes. It, it feels like a lot longer than a week and a half since I've watched AEW, but that's right. the reality because it's been a week and a half. Um, and and, and, that, and and them two being on Saturday, again, direct competition for NXT, whether you consider it competition or not, I don't know. That's going to be on the DVR for me. So when I'll get to that, hopefully before the following Wednesday, but or whenever they, re, I don't know. I, I I'm not totally caught up on their preemptive schedule. So I um, I've got it saved somewhere, but um I think next week I think next week is a week where they're going to have like a one hour on Wednesday and then the full two hours on Thursday. Okay. I think. But I I could be wrong on that. Um, and they're having yeah, fans. There's a lot back. of changes over. What's that? And they're having fans come back, which is kind of cool. Which we'll talk they about are. that next next time, obviously. But they've announced their protocol for allowing uh, fans come back. So yeah, ten percent the first week, and then if everything goes well, fifteen percent the week after. Um, so that that's cool and interesting. You know, the open air I think helps um, that it's an open air arena. But we'll talk more about that as we move towards AEW. But they just need to get on announcing some matches for All Out. Um, I, you know, you're asking people for fifty bucks. I think we can see where some of those matches are headed, but make it official. Let's do it. Um, just, all right. Well, I think that wraps us up, Tom. Anything else uh, before we say goodbyes? Yeah, no. Uh, enjoy the wrestling this weekend and look forward to reconnecting. And hopefully we'll have a lot. To talk about. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about, but hopefully we'll have a lot of good to talk about next week. Absolutely. And if you've stayed with us for the full hour and 25 minutes, um, A, thank you very much. And B, uh, if you don't mind subscribing to us, either on your podcast platform or on YouTube, click that subscribe button. Um, if you are on a podcast platform, give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate that. It helps us um, in the algorithms. It helps other people find us. Uh, give us a share on your social media, whatever it might be. Uh, we sure appreciate anybody who wants to uh, plug what is we're doing here. Uh, G-Spot Monkeys. We have fun with it. Um, you know, Tom and I don't worry too much about how many people are listening or downloading or anything like that. Um, it really isn't about Tom and I getting glory. It's about uh, just having fun. But we want to share that with people. So yeah, for you sure, can help us with that. Uh, we would sure, sure love that and appreciate that. Other than that, uh, everybody, stay safe. Wear a mask, people. Let's get through this thing again. Not political. Let's just wear a mask. They work. They work. They do. Um, stay safe, and we will talk to you all. Look at that. There we go. The Detroit Tigers. Uh, not playing terrible, but not playing great baseball yet. Maybe. Uh, where are they in the standings, Tom? I don't want to talk about it. No, okay. yeah. I, I, I wasn't asking that to be facetious, but I, I was pretty sure I was right about that, that they were maybe not doing so hot. Uh, the Cubs started off hot, but uh, yeah, bullpen. Anyways, enough about baseball. That's a different podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us on Two Spot Monkeys Live. Thanks.